Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome to Prayer International Radio. I am your host, Sean Holmberg. Um, be joined by Chris Herzog a little bit. Welcome to our Monday night broadcast of Prayer International Radio. Our call in number six one nine six three eight eight four five eight. If you need prayer for anything, please give us a call. Um and we'll leave it at that. Um Great is the Lord. Father, we dedicate these next two hours to you. Holy Spirit, that you would take your word and make it alive in us. Father, that you would take your word and give us fresh revelation into your character, Father, into your very nature, Lord, into your love for the nations, Father. Father, burn in our hearts a desire after you, Father, after your presence, Lord, after your righteousness, Father. Lord, burn a desire in our hearts for your glory, Lord. Father, that we may glorify you in this earth, Lord, that we may become that which you have called us to be, Father. (coughs) Excuse me. Father, for the next two hours, be glorified. Holy Spirit, we give you complete and total control over everything that happens. Jesus, perform your word. Be magnified in our midst tonight, Jesus. Be exalted in our midst tonight, Jesus. Holy Spirit, reveal the heart of the Father to us tonight. So, we begin so um, on my way to work this morning um, I usually don't as you know we don't prepare anything usually Um, usually we come into these broadcasts um, just waiting to see what the Holy Spirit will do but I've had an interesting topic since this morning that's been burning in my heart and um, on my way to work there was a preacher on the radio um talking about Adam and Eve and how God expelling them from the Garden of Eden was for their benefit. And there's we're going to get into some of this, and um, I don't remember half of what the guy said, to be honest with you, because um, I was driving and sort of paying attention, sort of not. and But he said when he said something about how God had to prevent them from touching the tree of life, it was for their own benefit. It really stuck in my heart all day, and I contemplated it all day long during work, and it's been really weighing down on me, trying to figure out what that meant and what is it that God, what did it really mean? What did God really have to do in that circumstance? And so tonight we're actually going to get into a little bit of Garden of Eden um, Bible And let's see what the Holy Spirit does From there um, <laughs> So Okay so we're going to start in verse 3 Follow man um, If you've never read the book um, God makes um, Heavens and earth everything um, As it says in Romans Um Creation itself declares the glory of God. So God makes Adam and Eve. 
um, puts him in the Garden of Eden, which actually is ironic because I never saw that before. He made them and then placed them in the Garden. They weren't actually in the Garden, and then he made them while they were in the Garden. He made them outside the Garden and put them in the Garden. Um, which sort of reminds me of that verse um, in the Psalms where David said, um, you lead us, me, lead us in me, lead me beside the still waters and then to green pastures. So, um, um, enemy comes, tempts, um, tempts Eve, and, um, you know, it's interesting, because Adam and Eve had two completely different sins, which you wouldn't think about it. you think they were both the same sin, which is disobedience, but in the long run, they actually had two completely different sins, because, and here's the difference, um, Go to chapter 2, verse 15. It says, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God said, commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may eat freely. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you shall eat it, you shall surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was his name. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not a helper found comparable to him. So starting off, God gave Adam the extreme honor of naming every creature on the face of the planet. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall into Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, closed up the flesh in its place. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Now, remember that verse earlier where it said God talked to Adam and said, Adam, um, you can eat whatever you want. That one tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't touch it. Just remember that. <laughs> Excuse me. So, chapter 3. Now, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And, you know, that's that's that one verse says a lot about the um, sovereignty of God. Because even the enemy was was created. He's not a creator. He's a creation, um, and it shows you the ramification and the extent of the enemy's power as he was still created. And he who creates has the power to give life and to destroy. And, um, and he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now here's where it gets interesting. From what it says, God did not specifically, unless, I mean, it doesn't actually say it, um, but God did not specifically walk up to Eve and said, don't eat the tree. God told Adam, and then Adam from what we assume, Adam passed the knowledge on to his wife. And then the enemy comes along, tries to take the word of God, which she had received um, from Adam, 
and um, tries to manipulate it and twist it, and it tries to persuade her. You know, it says um, desire when it's um, what is that verse? Um, it says everyone is drawn away by their own desires and they're enticed, and when when desire is, uh, brings forth sin, and then sin brings forth death. Um, so the servant said to her, "You will not surely die." For God knows that in the day you eat it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to her eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. So... Eve was deceived. Adam wasn't. Adam had a direct command from the Lord God. Do not touch the tree. And the ironic thing about this story is these two had access to the the two trees. One is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the second one which was the tree of life. And at no point did God say, don't touch the tree of life. They were allowed to eat the tree of life. They had eternal life, which is what they lost. And, But the one tree they couldn't have is the one they wanted, and that's the one they ate of, even though God specifically told Adam, don't eat it. So Adam was flat out disobedient to God and rebellious. Even though he knew the word of the Lord, he loved his wife more than he loved the father at that moment, I'm assuming, and his and she became who he was following, and not the Lord God. And, you know, let me just throw this in here in any relationship. You can love your wife with everything inside of you. You can love your husband with everything inside of you. But if your love of the Father is not more than that, then there's going to be problems. If he is not the head of every relationship you have, there's an issue. If he's not the head of your marriage, there's an issue. He should always be the number one in your heart, in your life. It says, Lord, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. He is the very source of everything. When it's all said and done, it won't be you and your wife or you and your husband. It will be you and the Lord. And not trying to be harsh or anything there, but it's the truth. Um, Adam's sin was dis- was flat-out disobedient to the command of the Father. Eve was, and he can't, he couldn't claim he was deceived. He, all he could claim was that um, he listened to his wife and not God, which most of us do. We listen to the world a lot of times, and we don't listen to the voice of God. Eve, on the other hand, he was deceived, and she was drawn away by her own desires and everything. And then she gave the fruit to Adam, and then Adam was like, "Hot girl, I'm going to do it, of course," and which most men are like. Um, and so so then they both messed up different ways, but they both did it. Um, and then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. This is important. Why? Because it shows the nature of men is to, number one, um, well, let me back up. It says in verse 8, And then they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God 
God called to Adam and said, where are you? A couple interesting things. Um, first nature is to hide from the presence of God when we've sinned. Even though it's the first place we should go, because the Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace in which we're accepting in a time of need. But the first place they should have gone, which was the Lord God, was the last place they went. The second thing they did is they tried to cover up their sin by their own means, by sewing together fig leaves to try to cover themselves. So then what happens is the Lord God comes and searches for them. And he hasn't stopped searching for us yet. He hasn't stopped going throughout the earth looking for his children, still calling their names. So the goodness of God leads men to repentance. But it also says there are none that call upon the name of the Lord, none, not one. None seek after him. It's only through the Holy Spirit leading and guiding the hearts of men that people are saved. Because none of us started off saying we wanted to serve God. It, was all, it says we, first, we love him because he first loved us. And so God's out searching for Adam. And he said to him, where are you? Because Adam and Eve, used to, I mean, Adam and Eve and the Lord used to walk together. Even before Eve, Adam and God walked together. With the most perfect communion and fellowship. And he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? And the man said, the woman whom you gave me to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate it. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. Both of them blamed someone else. Instead of just saying, I did it. Both of them had someone to blame besides themselves. And the Lord God said to the servant, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put an enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. And it, depending on how much you study and how much you believe, um, that could actually be linked to Jesus Christ himself, um, the emanating between her seed. So I want to stop right here before we go into it further, because it gets pretty interesting right here. Because all of a sudden, Adam and Eve messed up. What's God going to do? <sighs> but he always has a plan. It says in the scriptures, it says all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Which applied to them, applies to us, it applies to every person who's ever been born. And so automatically the Lord God has found a way for salvation. Looking at the attempt of Adam and Eve to cover themselves with their sewing fig leaves together to cover themselves. But still, even with their uncovering, they still had to hide because they were still ashamed. And so the Lord God said, and he shall, in, in between between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. 
To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and can your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat it, cursed is a ground for your sake, and toil you shall eat it all of the day of your life. Both thorns and thistles this shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat of the herb of the field, and the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. So let's back up. Eve, and most people would take offense at this. Um, or most women I've heard take offense at this about the he shall rule over you, but he said, well, the Lord God said, your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. So let's think about it this way. <coughs> Excuse me. Lord God makes Adam and Eve. Um, Adam needs a companion. He finds a woman, a helper, um, companion comparable to him. So they're pretty much equals. And then all of a sudden the enemy comes along and deceives her. And now her punishment, which isn't a curse, it's actually a blessing, is that her husband becomes a spiritual head. But it says, in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. It says, iron sharpens iron. So what if the intention of the Lord, and this is just my take on it, wasn't that this was going to be some horrible curse punishment but more of a spiritual authority and a spiritual leader and someone to protect her from the enemy. Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and had eaten of the tree which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat it, curses the ground for your sake. And toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. And then we skip down to verse 20, And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. Ah, if they had thick, if they had already sewn themselves thick skins, or like thick leaves or whatever to cover their nakedness, why did the Lord God need to do it Himself? And the reason is, is because Adam had, I mean, the Lord God made tunics some actual skin, instituting the first sacrifice, a foreshadowing of what priests would do for the next couple thousand years. take away their shame and you know the high priest used to go in once a year and sacrifice an animal for the sins of the people and the Lord God starts the process right here because their own attempt can never and their own attempt to cover themselves cannot cover the sin it couldn't even cover their own consciousness and our own attempts to justify ourselves before the Lord, no matter what we do, no matter how good we try to be. That's all they are. They're futile attempts that don't make us justify before the Father. They don't make us righteous. They don't make us holy. And they definitely don't clean our conscience from our sin. Which is why it says in Ephesians, By grace you are saved through faith, not of yourself. For it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And it says, And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of 
us to know good and evil, and now least he put out his hand and take also the tree of life and eat, and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden, and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. So, it's interesting. So, what? I've wondered why the Lord God had to prevent them from eating the tree of life, which they always had access to. Except for if they would have, and the Lord wouldn't have given them the punishment then there would have been no genealogy and no lineage for the Lord Jesus Christ to come for the real sanctification, the real cleansing, the real salvation that only came through his blood. If you read in Hebrews, it says, if I turn there for a minute, um, chapter 10, for the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with the same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect. For then would they have would then would they not have ceased to be offered, for if worshippers once purified would have had no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices there remain there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Therefore, when Jesus came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offerings you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and in sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come, and the volume of the book it is written of me, to do your will, O Lord. Previously saying, sacrifice and offerings, burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then Jesus said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first, that he may establish the second. By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offer, offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. But the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us, for after he had said before, this is the covenant I will make with them after those days, said the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. And he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. 
you know, if Adam and Eve wouldn't have been kicked out of the garden, they would have stayed in their estate forever. And that would have been it. Adam and Eve, away from the presence of God, covered in their own garments. And even if and even after the Lord had clothed them with the first sacrifice, it still couldn't take away the the knowledge of sin. It still couldn't cleanse their conscience from sin. And they would have still been hiding from the Lord for the rest of their life for forever pretty much. And the only way to prevent that was to actually remove their access to the tree of life. And yet here we are, thousands of years later, with the real tree of life, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, with the real well of life, the real fountain of youth, if you will. That whoever would call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That we may have eternal life through him who offered up not the sacrifice of bulls and goats, which could never cleanse our conscience or completely remove sin, but offered up his own blood for us, that at one moment he might forever perfect those who are being sanctified. He might forever present as holy without spot and blemish before the Father God. So it's interesting that even in Adam and Eve's punishment, there was a blessing. It's the difference between a, what a father does. Um, you know, um, I have a foster kid, and I have to go through all these classes. And one of the classes I had to go through is this class on discipline that teaches you the discipline between punishment and discipline. And punishment usually comes across as vengeance when a child makes you mad and you just punish it just because you're angry the child never learns anything except for it did something and you're getting it back discipline on the other hand in chastising someone teaches them something different it teaches them a new way of life, a new way of living, and there's still hope. They still know they love you, that you love them. Um, and, you know, God had to do the same thing. It says a father, it, it, it talks about how a father chastises the son whom he loves. But even through the chastisement, even through the um, discipline and everything that the Lord God had to give Adam and Eve, there was still a blessing that resulted from it. And not only a blessing upon their own lives, as far as they lost the eternal physical life in exchange for the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ, who would bring eternal life spiritually that would last for eternity. Not here on earth, but in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. <clears throat> that being said, our call in number 619-638-8458. This is Prayer International Radio. Um, if, you need to, if you need prayer for anything, give us a call. 
and we'll be back in just a minute.
Welcome back to Prayer International Radio. Call in number 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for absolutely anything tonight, please give us a call. So we've got 17 minutes left, and then we'll be joined by Chris Herzog um, for the second hour. So to recap, God is sovereign. And God does things, and we don't necessarily understand why he does them, but usually they're for a very good reason, usually for our own benefit without us realizing it. Usually to reveal things to us that we would have never actually understood or comprehended. And, you know, I was um, having this discussion with my wife the other day, um, and that we were talking about how, um, you know, I'm actually 35, never finished college, and I was going through, um, when I was um, on my LinkedIn profile looking for jobs and stuff, and just trying to find a job with more money, because I have four kids, and all the other stuff, and I noticed all these people I went to high school with, who had, like, master's degrees, and doctorates, and all these fancy titles and fancy names, which is, I mean, which is awesome. I mean, people who go and spend that much time studying and deserve every penny they make. And and I, I was talking to my wife, and I started to get discouraged about it. And I was like, you know, for the last 10 years of my life, I didn't do any of that. And I really didn't do much of anything. Except the one difference is that I spent a lot of time with him. And, you know, when I was growing up, I never wanted to be a doctor. I never wanted to be a lawyer. I never wanted to be a fireman. Um, never wanted to do any of that stuff. Ever since I first got saved, all I wanted to do was preach the gospel. And me and my wife were talking, I was like, what? kid ever grows up thinking they want to preach the gospel. That's not even normal. But <clears throat> what I realize is that um, you know, the Lord plans things out way ahead of times. And he puts us through situations and, you know, the, one of the verses we use over and over again is the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. Or a man will plan his ways and the Lord will direct his steps. And what that means is, you know, the Lord will lead you and guide you beside the still waters. But on the way there, you won't know that's where you're heading until you're there. You just know that the Lord, you're following the Lord. But his job as a provider and is to lead you beside the still waters. It's his job to restore your soul. And, you know... We look back and sometimes we have that we, we still hold on to the shame and guilt of the past. But in reality, that shame and guilt is all a mirage because, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ took the punishment for all our sins, wiped away all our sins and made us white as snow in front of the Father. And though we can't see it with our physical eyes, spiritually we are standing before him and robes that are as white as snow because we've been cleansed, we've been sanctified, we've been redeemed. We've been proclaimed holy and righteous before the Father in heaven. 
And, you know, the Lord will take you to things to bring you to revelation of your true nature and your true identity into Him. And through the things that you go through in your life, there's always a blessing on the other side, which through no matter what happens in your life and what you have to go through, the Lord will still use all those things, like it says, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Which is actually funny because there's a verse that says many are called but few are chosen. And I always wondered about that verse. And I realized everybody's called. But the chosen ones are the ones who actually answered. They were the bride bridesmaids who actually had, or the virgins who had their lambs filled with oil. It's those who were ready, those who stood up, those who were waiting for the master, those who were prepared those who wanted it bad enough to meet him. And in our own lives, you know, there, there's always a difference. As long as your heart is set upon the Lord, it doesn't matter what you go through. He'll still lead you through it. Even though you go through the waters, they won't overflow you. Though you go through the fires, they, you won't be consumed. Because the Lord your God is your shield and your safety. The Lord your God is your shepherd. Your fortress, your exceeding great reward. And there's a whole lot that goes into the word redeemer in this situation. If you go from Adam and Eve, when he breathed the breath of life into them, and all throughout there longed for communion and fellowship with them, and even when they messed up, like we all do when they were trying to run the opposite direction to try to hide from the presence of the Lord you know I don't have even the smallest inclination to think that the Lord God didn't have some clue what was going on it's not like his back was turned or he was taking a nap or he was asleep so he still knew what had happened before he asked them. But even though he knew that they had sinned, he still went looking for them. He still was calling out, Adam, where are you? Where are you? And even in our own lives, you know, you can run from the Lord as far as you possibly can, but it won't do you any good because it's the scripture says, where can I go from your presence? Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? And he's still calling out. Constantly calling out. Come into my presence. Where are you at? I'm looking for you. I'm longing for you. I'm right here waiting for you. Not caring about what we've done. Because he's still our father He's still our savior He's still our redeemer And even with our own failed attempts To try to please him And our own failed attempts To try to justify ourselves Or build ourselves up So we appear to be something That internally we're not 
he comes in and his grace and his mercy says, I'm going to make the way. When you can't do it, my grace is sufficient. When you're not strong enough, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. If you'll just come to me, lean upon me, wait upon me, rest upon me, let me be your strength. <clears throat> and so he takes away our failed attempt and he clothes us. But the difference between the clothing that Adam and Eve had and the clothing that we'd had is that theirs was with the old covenant of bulls and goats. And yet we have the blood sac the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the creator of heaven and earth, who at one time, in one moment, with his own blood, offered the redeeming sacrifice for every sin ever committed. Not only that the punishment would be paid, but that our conscience could be wiped clean. That we with full confidence and full assurance and full hope in the glory that is to come in him could boldly stand upon the mountain of the living God, singing the songs of the redeemed, singing the new songs that the Lord has put in our heart, declaring that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father, declaring that the Lord Jesus is exalted, declaring that he is King of Kings. Anyway, this is Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for something, give us a call. We are going to take a quick break, and we will be back.
www.prayerinternational.org And if you want to email us, we're at prayerinternational at gmail.com And my name is Chris Herzog Just taking up the second half of the broadcast Just so blessed to have Sean Holmberg back After taking some time with his family And uh, just teaching his heart And sharing the word of God Praying and Worshiping Staying in the flow of the Holy Spirit as usual. So uh, we're just so blessed to work with the mighty man of God, and uh, you know, just what else can I say? Just glad that the Holy Spirit is working with us and confirming the Word of God. You know, as we declare it. Praise God. Well, let me open up in a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just give you praise. Just thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy and grace. Father, we thank you that you're an ever-present help in time of need. Lord, we thank you that we can call you, Father. As we're just in this Father's Day season, this Father's Day theme. Just thank you, Father, that you are a father to the fatherless. That even when our natural mothers and fathers forsake us, you're there to lift us up. Lord, we just give you praise that you're watching over us as your children. Father, you give good gifts to your children. Leading, guiding, directing, protecting, nurturing, caring. Father, we thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hallelujah. Well, we've had a few callers call in tonight. Um, Missed a few. Uh, Apparently, I just got in the chat room and just got online. I just want to... Thank you for those of you in the chat room, some guests, and Rosemary, and Patrick, and Linda, and different people uh, calling in tonight, listening in. Just so blessed to have a spiritual family that will lift us up and pray for us and stay faithful. You know, faithfulness is a good thing. We've got a faithful God, and he's calling us to be a faithful people. Praise the Lord. Calling us to be faithful. Yeah, it's a fruit of the Spirit. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. God is looking for faithfulness. Not ability as much as availability. Praise God.
All right, hallelujah. Just giving God praise, crying out to Jesus. Speaking to the nations. Declaring the goodness of God tonight. So, hallelujah. You know, we just love to declare God's goodness. Love to declare the faithfulness of God. You know, he's such a good God. And uh, tonight, we're just going to spend some time praying. Spend some time talking about the word. I'll get back into some worship here in a little bit. Praise God. Well, see where we want to go tonight. Father, just thank you for your goodness, Lord. Tonight we just pray for the nation. Pray for what you're doing, Lord God, around the world. Father, we thank you that you're a global God, Father, that you're an international God, that, Father, you are God of all the earth. And we just join in unity right now to pray for believers everywhere. For your kingdom to come and your will to be done, Father. For you to send forth laborers into the harvest. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you're moving. That you're moving in a mighty way, pouring out the harvest.
good he is, where you're at, just lift it up, thank you God, we celebrate you tonight, oh, 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 Father, oh, we love you God. All right, praise God. Well, we're back. And this is Prairie International Radio, just picking up the uh, last 20, 30 minutes of the broadcast tonight. And uh, once again, just so blessed to have Sean Holmberg back with us tonight and just sharing his heart, sharing a powerful word of God. And tonight, um, I just wanted to pick up just in the spirit of prayer with Psalm 63. So we're going to go into the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 63. This is actually a prayer, uh, or a praise, I guess, a cry out to God that David cried when he was in the wilderness of Judah. So verse 1 says, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee. My flesh longs for thee. In a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Something about seeking God early. You know, something about seeking God when the mind, you know, when you first wake up, your mind is not awake at first. 
And there's kind of a direct correlation to when the mind is at rest, the spirit is very, very sensitive. And I think that's why God says to seek the mind. I don't necessarily think it's about the time of day as much as it is, A, putting him first, making him the first fruits of your day. The first voice you hear in the morning, let it be God's. The first presence you feel in the morning, let it be God's. But also, being in that place where the mind is still at rest, the spirit is very open. And you can be very sensitive to hear the voice of God. For the psalmist says, early will I seek thee. It says, my soul thirsts for thee, my flesh longs for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Here there was a hunger and a thirsting. There was a hunger and thirsting inside the flesh, inside the, the emotions, inside the body. There, there was an intense, deep desire, need in this man of God. You see, once you have a connection with God, something happens on the inside of you where you begin to long and thirst and hunger for the deeper things of God. First three. First two, sorry. To see thy power and thy glory so as I've seen it in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips will praise thee. Here, David's saying, look, God, I've seen your power in the sanctuary. I've seen your glory in the sanctuary. Let me see it again. Let me see that kind of power. Let me see that kind of glory. Let me have that kind of experience with you. Why? Verse 3, because your loving kindness is better than life. That's why. And because your loving kindness is better than life, the psalmist says, my lips are going to praise you. Verse 4, thus will I bless you while I live. I'll lift up holy hands in your name. Saying, look, I'm going to praise, I'm going to sing, I'm going to glorify you, I'm going to lift up my hands, I'm going to shout unto God, I'm going to seek you early. There was an intense emotion inside of David. He really loved, he had a passion for God. He had a love for God. He had a longing in his heart for God. Verse 5, my soul shall be satisfied as with Maryland's atmosphere. My mouth shall praise thee with joyfulness. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. Because you have been my help. Because you have been my help. See, God is our ever-present help in time of need. And David is saying, hey, God, because you've been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings will I rejoice. See, there's something about being in the shadow of God's wings. There's something about resting in the shadow, letting God overshadow you, letting God hide you in the shelter of his wings, let God cover you with his feathers, let God cover you with his wings. Metaphorically speaking, the Bible says God is like a hen, like a chick who, or like a hen who gathers her chicks unto herself, covers them with her wings, and nurturing, protecting Once again in this song we see that nurturing, protecting nature of God again. Constantly seeing that.
for the so if you're just getting in, uh, the program is for International Radio. Call in number 619-638-8458. Going through Psalm 63, we are now in basically we are in verse 8. My soul follows hard after thee. My right hand upholds me. Your right hand upholds me. Sorry, thy right hand upholds me. But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go down into the lower parts of the earth. So you're saying, look, my soul's going to follow hard after you. That word follow hard in, in the Hebrew, the word there is debach. That word follow hard, same word debach. And that word means to stick to you like glue, to adhere to you, to stay. Imagine supergluing yourself to God where no one could separate you. No one could pry you apart. God says no one can pluck you out of his hand. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. That's the kind of love that God has for you. An everlasting love. He says, those that seek my soul, verse 9, to destroy it, shall go down into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God. And everyone that sweareth by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. So saying, everyone that swears by the Lord will glory. Everyone that declares his name, there's going to be a glory that comes over their life. But if you'll declare his name, there'll be an honor, there'll be a favor, there'll be a glory that comes over your life. Hallelujah. All right, so we're going to go into a song, and then we're going to get back into the Word of God.
Uh, praise God. Well, we're back. And this is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. And just wrapping up the last oh, 10, 15 minutes of the show. Just want to thank those of you in the chat room, prayer room tonight, D.D. and Rosemary for Jesus. And we had Patrick in there earlier and Linda. Uh, a few guests popping in and out. God bless you. Just know that whenever we see you in the chat room, we're writing down your names and info, whatever we have, and we continue to pray. Uh, we continue to pray constantly. It's night and day for those of you that are connecting with us, those of you that have ministries, uh, lifting up certain prayer requests for families. And uh, praise the Lord. Well, you know, I wanted to spend some time praying if you're tuning in, I uh, just want you to know we're at prayerinternational.org uh, if you're looking for the website. Uh, also, you can reach us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. And if you need to reach us uh, any other way, 619 638 8458 is the call-in number. Right now, I'm just kind of going through some emails. Um, I know we had some email prayer requests come in, so I'm actually going to go through a couple of those and bring some of those up tonight um, so we can pray. Uh, My friend Alex, uh, David Alex, he goes by both, called in earlier and just wanted prayer for his trip to China. He may be calling in... Another time, but we'll see. Uh, my friend Patrick has been in touch. Uh, we are meeting uh, with a brother named Tom Grossman sometime to pray. Um, also, it looks like we've got novice with DJ. Um Looks like uh, we need prayer for Jeremy. So we're going to be praying for him. Um, All right. So it looks like we've got a prayer for Jeremy. Uh, He fell off a reef. Uh, He needs to be healed quickly. Um. We'll pray that it not be life-threatening. That will God will intervene in his relationship, and God's will be done. So let's pray for Jeremy. Keep him in prayer. God bless him. Pray for his healing. Pray for his safety. Pray that he can stay on roofs. All right, hallelujah. Well, God bless Jeremy right now. Father, we just pray for Jeremy. Pray your will be done, your kingdom come. Bless him in his relationships. Bless him in his work. Bless him in this time where he's healing. And Father, we just thank you, Lord God, that you're moving in a mighty way for Jeremy. We just ask you right now, Father, bless our friend Brandon. Bless our friend Joy, who's listening and praying for us right now. We just pray for Amy, pray for Angela, Rosemarie, 
So pray for Dee Dee. Pray for our friend Brandon. Uh, for Jason's family. We just want to keep lifting them up. Our friend from uh, from Kansas, Paul Pittsburgh, Bishop Joseph Holman. We want to pray for Brother Joe. And uh, just keep praying for him. Also pray for uh, Sister Vicki. Want to pray for her. Uh, pray for Cheryl with JC Overcomer Ministries. Uh, Reno, uh, his brother down under. Just want to keep lifting him up. Praise God. And so we'll just keep on praying for those that are listening and those that are calling in. We're just thankful tonight for for what you're doing. Uh, Vanessa E., praying for you in Jesus' name. God is good. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. All right. Well, I think that covers some of our prayer. Uh, requests that were in our email today in the last couple of days. And glory to God. Well, not really sure where I want to go uh, at this point. I think it'd probably be a good time for a song. So let's get into some worship. All right, well, I lost my switchboard for some reason. So let's see what we got here. All right, praise God. Well, I guess we're not getting into a song. Um, look, if you want to call in, 619-638-8458. Email is prayerinternational at gmail.com. We're taking prayer requests in the chat room and in our email. Website is www.prayerinternational.org. And we're just praising the Lord tonight. All right. Let's see if we can get this thing going. Looks like I got my switchboard up and running. Praise God. God is so good. God is so good. All right, well, we've got switchboard coming up. Thank you, Jesus. So, you know, let me pray over you uh, while the switchboard's coming up. Psalm 63, I know we touched base on it uh, earlier. But I just want to pray some of the scriptural prayers that are in Psalm 63. God is so good. Alright, so here we go. Psalm 63. Well, Father, right now we just thank you that you're our God. Father, I just pray for those that are listening tonight that you'd help them to seek you early. Cause their flesh to long for you. Cause them to be thirsty and hungry for the things of God. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you'd allow them to see your power and your glory. 
in their lives and in the sanctuary. Lord, they'd have a revelation of your loving kindness. Lord, they would realize it's better than life and that their lips would praise you. That they would bless you and lift up their holy hands in your name, Lord. Father, satisfy their soul with their own fatness. Lord, allow their mouths to praise you with joyful lips. Father, when they remember you in the night on their bed and the night watches, Father, put a praise and a glory on their heart, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you're doing. Cause them to be encouraged, Lord. Father, help them to rejoice in the shadow of your wings, Lord, because you are their ever-present help in time of need. Father, help them to cling to you, Lord, to stick to you like glue, to follow hard after you, Lord. Let your hand uphold them and protect them from those that seek their souls, from those that seek their lives. Cause them to rejoice. Cause them to glory in you, Lord. We just give you praise, Father. Thank you for what you're doing, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is so good. All right, so we're going to break into a song. This is Prayer International Radio, and we're just thankful for the Lord.
All right, praise God. We are wrapping up the last couple minutes of the show. Just wanted to take some time to pray again. We had an urgent prayer request come in. Uh, Rosemary uh, shared a story. Of course, I just want to reiterate this. I realize a lot of things that are going on, uh, you know, in reality are not always shared on the news. But we, nevertheless, God has a way of letting us know what's going on. And we can pray as we find out and we get informed. Well, Father, right now, Lord, we just lift up. Let's see what this brother's name is here. Sorry. Um, Robert Bergali. Uh, currently in the hands of enemy forces. He's about 25 years old. Uh, he's been in the captivity of the Hekwanai uh, Network. And so we just want to continue to pray. The Taliban apparently has released some videos showing his captivity. We want to pray for his safety. We want to pray for his peace. We want to pray for his family. We want to pray that God show uh, our troops how to find this man and get him out of uh, captivity and those that are in captivity as well. So, Father, right now we pray for their safety. We pray for their peace, Father, that you would be their ever-present help in time of need that you would overshadow them with your hand. Father, we just pray right now in the name of Jesus for the soldier. Uh, Father, we pray for Robert, for Bo Robert, uh, in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray for his peace and safety. Lord, watch over him, watch his family. And we just thank you, Lord God, that you're moving even behind enemy lines, keeping our troops safe. In Jesus' name, we just thank you, Father, for what you're doing. We just ask you to bless them. In Jesus' mighty name, remember to keep our our troops in prayer. Keep those in our nation in prayer, our leaders, uh, those that are in your local areas. Continue to pray for your, you know, just whatever's going on locally with your laws and voting and that sort of thing. Just get involved and pray. And just continue to seek the Lord. We'll be back same time, same place tomorrow night. This is Prayer International Radio, and you have a blessed night.